Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to open just with a quick story. We're in a series called uh, The Attributes of God. I believe we're in like week 11. Uh, I don't think we'll go quite as long as the Believer's Authority, which was like a six-month marathon of God just really pouring into us about what that's all about. But I want to open up a story with how good God is. Anybody want to hear a testimony about how good God is? Amen. So you guys remember my story from last week, if you were here, about the Waldemir and me finding Eva in like half a second. You guys remember that? Like I was like, oh my gosh, Jairus is sick. We got to leave Waldemir. Where's Eva? Holy Spirit said, go to the steel dragon. Then he said, look left. And there she was going up the mountain on, was it Splash Mountain? She's going like this. I was like, literally, literally found Eva in like 45 seconds because of the Holy Spirit. So I got another great story like that this week. So we've got landscaping done at our house. Over the course of years, we added trees and we added, you know, all this beautiful stuff. And Randy Ruth, who goes to our church here, he's not here this morning, I believe they're traveling, uh, which I know a lot of people are. And he has been talking to us about this one Japanese maple tree that we have. And it's been struggling this year. And I don't know why. And he's like, you got to trim it. You got to trim it. And for whatever reason, he has stopped over and he didn't bring his trimmers. And he's been thinking about coming over to trim it. And it, nobody has trimmed this tree. And it's looking all sad. I mean, it is sad, 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 this tree. It needs trimmed. You got to cut the dead off, all that good stuff, right? So it's been, I've been thinking about, thinking about, thinking about. Once, well, was it Saturday? I believe it was Friday. Friday, we go on a little walk in the morning, and I come back, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to trim that tree. I'm going to trim it right now. And so I go, and I start looking for my trimmers. Now, the trimmers have been lost since summer has begun, really since spring. You know those trimmers and ones with the little edge, and you just really can take some pretty good branches off, right? I cannot find these things anywhere on our property. I'm like, Lord, if you want me to trim this tree, you show me where they are, Honestly. And I felt in my spirit, he said, go in the garage. My God, I've been in the garage 10 times looking for these trimmers. I've been there. He says, go to the garage. I'm like, all right. So I walk into the garage. I stand in the garage. I'm like, okay, Lord, like a little more direction. The garage is a two-car garage. I got a lot of stuff in there right now. Where? He goes, well, where do you keep the lawn stuff? I'm like, right there. It's not there. He's so I walk over to it, and I'm staring at it. And he's just a little whisper. You know, you know, God doesn't speak audibly to us, but he speaks in our spirit. He says, look behind the shelf. The trimmer. The trimmer is right there. I can't believe it. Right, right there. I've been looking for this thing. I'm like, yes, Lord. Today is the day ordained to trim the tree. And I go out there and I start cutting this tree. And... Part of me was just like thinking in my own heart. I was like, man, I am not a professional tree trimmer. Do I really know what I'm doing here? And I, I popped a big branch off and it fell and I'm looking at it. I'm just like, eh, I don't know. And would you believe from around the corner of my house comes Randy Ruth. My landscaper shows up with no tools except the tool that I have that he needed to trim. He goes, I was just driving by, and I thought I should stop by and check on this tree. Hallelujah, praise God. So he did the trimming with my tool, and he made it look nice, and I know he cut it so that it will live, but isn't God good? He cares about my Japanese maple tree in my backyard, right? Come on. He is so good to us, and he led, and I'm like, 
I could have found those things weeks ago and trimmed it badly and killed the darn thing. But God had ordained, whatever reason, Friday morning to find those trimmers. And Randy Ruth, literally, Holy Spirit-led man of our congregation, it was like God was calling them, go to the Ackermans. Go to the Ackermans. He's about to do something bad to the tree. Go to the Ackermans. Like, he didn't say any of that happened in his life, but he just felt led to come. Hey, I just felt like I should come. Isn't that great? God just works things together. He's so good. So these attributes of God, these attributes that we're talking about, these are just some of them. We have a list that we've gone through so far. He's just so good, so full of goodness and wisdom. So God is infinite. God is immutable, meaning he never changes. God never changes. He was always here and he never changes. God is love. Praise God, he loves us so much. He sent Jesus to die for us. Thank you, Lord. God is good. He is infinitely, unchangeably kind and full of goodwill. God is wise. He knows where my clippers are. He knows where the lost library book is. Come on, moms and dads with lost library books. Yeah? Lost keys. How many of you have asked the Lord to show where your keys are and he has shown you exactly where they are, right? Right? Now I have a tile on each one of them because I'm so sick of losing them. But it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit, he will lead you and guide you to where these things are. He's so wise. He's so good. Attribute six, God is faithful. He is so faithful. Never leave you. Never forsake you. God is merciful. Oh, thank you, Lord. He is merciful. God is gracious. God is jealous for us. He loves us so much. He is jealous for us. And last week we did God is just. He is infinitely, unchangeably right and perfect in all he does. And here's attribute 11 this morning. We're going to talk about this for a little bit. It's this. God is holy. Oh. God is holy. Even when I say it, I can feel it on the inside. You know, we have all these other attributes and we get excited about them and he's merciful and he's great. But we have to remember, he is holy. He is set apart. He is not like us. He is holy. He's infinitely, unchangeably perfect. Revelation 4.8 says this. There's a couple scriptures I'm going to read and we're going to talk about what this means for us. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night. Think about heaven for a minute. Think about what it will be like. They do not rest day or night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Church, God is holy. We are to revere him, to be in awe of him, to live our lives for him because he is holy. 1 Samuel 2, 2 says this, no one, no one, no earthly person, no other God, no one or anything is holy like the Lord. 
No one is holy like the Lord. For there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Exodus 15, 11. This is part of the song of Moses. This is Moses singing a song to the Lord on the Exodus coming out of Egypt. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Then the last scripture I want to read here is out of Isaiah 6. Starting in verse 1, it says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, this is Isaiah speaking, it's a vision that he's seen. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said this, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Verse 4 says, And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. When we cry out, Holy, 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 I believe that literally in the spiritual foundations of this world and this earth and that we live in are shaken. Holy, holy, holy. When we just cry out to him for he is holy, there's a shaking, there's a moving. I believe, you know, when they were in prison, Paul and Silas, when they were in prison and they were beginning to pray and begin to sing out and begin to worship, I don't know, the, it doesn't tell us what words they were saying, but I can imagine they were saying something like this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And that prison was shaken. And so he said, so this is so, when you are in the presence of God, when you are in God's presence and his holiness, this is the response that ends up happening. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am undone. He is holy. He is holy. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it. Picture this. He said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin purged. Because of his holiness. His holiness makes our response to see, I am, I am undone. I am undone. Lord, I need you. And what does his response is? He says, I will take away your iniquity. Your sin is purged. Verse 8, also I have heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? 
Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And when you understand that the Lord is holy, when you understand what he has done for you, and when you say, I am unclean, I need you, Lord, and he touches you and changes you, you can do nothing else but say, send me. Send me. I will go. Where do you want me to go, Lord? I will go. Here I am. Send me. So what does holy mean? Holy means, it means sacred. It means set apart. It means sacred and set apart. Our God is set apart from all other gods. He is greater than all other gods. He is set apart. This word holiness refers to his separateness, his otherness. There is no God like him. There is no one like him. The fact that he is unlike any other being. He is complete and infinite in his perfection. This holiness as an attribute of God, it really, what it does is it binds all the other ones together. He is gracious, he is merciful, he is faithful, he is good, he is love, he is all these things. But his holiness, he's not just our friend. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is the God of all gods. There is no one like him. God is holy means he is endlessly always perfect. And his standard for perfection is for us as well. Do you know that? His standard for perfection is for us as well. It says in Matthew 5, 48, it says this, Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And we read that and say, impossible. Yeah? Be perfect. Are you kidding me? I can't be perfect. Yeah, that's right. You can't. But with God, all things are possible because he is perfect. He has cleansed you of your unrighteousness, which then in God's eyes, he sees you as perfect. Before him, cleansed, clean, perfect. Because the price that Jesus paid. You know, God's wrath is his utter intolerance of whatever degrades and destroys. Mm, I'll read that again. God's wrath. See, his holiness, because he is so holy, there's a, this, the other side, this wrath of God. It's, you can't separate these things apart from it. But God's wrath is his utter intolerance. You know that he has utter intolerance of things, of whatever degrades and destroys. And he's not mad at you, but what he wants is to cleanse us from the things that are hurting us and killing ourselves. He loves you so much, he can't leave you where you are. Do you understand that? He loves you so much, he can't leave you stuck in your sin. He doesn't want you to stay there. He's asking you to go deeper with him, to go further with him. And thankfully, praise God, the Christian, those who have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, will never have to experience God's holy wrath poured out. Thank you, Jesus. So what is our response to God's holiness? What do we do with this? What do we do with God is holy? What do we do with almost every one of his attributes? We worship him. We worship him. And in a couple of minutes, the band is going to come back up, or a couple of them, and we're going to sing a song all about his holiness. And I want each of us to remember, and when we say those words, holy, 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 
that we would sense a shaking on the inside of reverent fear of the Lord, of who he is and his greatness and his glory. How do we worship him? We praise him with everything and in every day. Everything and anything. We praise him. We praise him in the ups. We praise him in the downs. We praise him when it's good. We praise him when it's bad. Most of us praise him just when he's good. You know, well, he's always good. We praise him when things are good in our lives, right? You know, things are going well. Hallelujah. I found my clippers. I found my clippers. I'm like, praise God, I found my clippers. Hallelujah, I found my clippers. But when I stub my toe or step on the Lego for the unteenth time, especially in the, my, a couple of our kids, we have, a, we have a bedroom in the basement, and there's a couple girls that reside down there, and for whatever reason, before bed, they do not pick up their toys. Now, as mom and dad, this is our job. It's our responsibility. We need to instill that in them. But they don't. But it's pitch dark down there. And so when little Maggie Mae, who's my five-year-old, comes up and says, Daddy, I had a bad dream. Okay, baby, I love you so much, baby. Let's go downstairs. Will you hold me down the stairs? I'm like, this risky business. But I will hold you. So I pick her up, and it's pitch dark. For whatever reason, I forget to bring my phone to give myself a little bit of a flashlight. And I start trying to navigate the basement to get her back to her. And every step I take, okay, I didn't step on a Barbie. I didn't step on a Lego. I didn't step on a car, right? And now, oh, I'll kick something. I'll hit my foot on something, right? But when things happen in our lives, when we're, we're like, wait a second. We need to praise him everything all the time. That's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? When we're on the mountaintops, we're praising him. But when we're in the valley, it's hard to. But what God, if we recognize him as holy, 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 no matter our situation, no matter our circumstance, no matter what happened to us physically, emotionally, we can praise him in anything and everything. How do we worship him? We exalt him far above anyone or anything else in our lives. We exalt him. Think about that word. We lift him up. We exalt him higher than everything else. Many times in our lives, we, a lot of us, we have our career, and it's right here. It's pretty darn close. Sometimes it seems like it's higher. Or maybe there's something else in your life that you struggle with putting ahead of God. But we need to exalt him far above anyone or anything else in our life. Then how do we worship him? We can thank him for his goodness Throughout our day, all through the day. You don't have to have a worship song on to worship him. How many know that? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's worshiping him. We worship him with our actions, but I want you guys to do it verbally, in the car, verbally worship him. While you're walking out on a walk, verbally worship him. When you're walking into your place of employment, verbally worship him. Sing out to him, say, Lord, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. We thank him for his goodness throughout the day, not just on Sunday mornings, not just when we got worship music on, not just here, not just there, but we thank him throughout the day. So what's the next thing we can do? What's our our other response based on him being holy is this? Is we have to revere him. I could probably spend a couple weeks on this. I know this is a lot of words. I put it all on one slide so you can take a picture of it so you don't have to write them all down. People bust out their phones and take, start taking photos. That's fine. You can get me in the background too a little bit if you want. 
could smile a little bit. Thumbs up, you know, whatever. Revere him. Not, and it's similar to fearing him. It's not that you're scared of him. It's that you don't want any separation from him. Because he is holy, because he is the God of all other gods, we end up revering him. And this revere means a deep respect or admiration. A deep love. To revere someone or to revere God itself is to have a deep love for him. Because he is holy. And the Bible says that we need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And we say, what does that mean? What does that mean? How do I actually do that? This is how we do it. This is how we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. This is exactly what this looks like. We have to, number one, we got to acknowledge him. Acknowledge him that he is the greatest, most precious gift on this earth. We acknowledge that he is great. He is holy. He is amazing. He is bigger than all other gods. Nothing of the riches of earth, nothing of the luxuries, nothing of our wildest dreams can compare to the treasure of him. We acknowledge him as the greatest gift. Smith Wigglesworth had said this one time, and I still am not there. At, I'm at giving my, you know, admonition, or I'm admitting this here this morning. He said, I would rather have five minutes in God's holy presence than a million dollars. Think about that for a second. His reverence of God, his understanding of God's presence, of God's holiness, and what can happen with just five minutes in his presence, to him, was worth more than a million dollars. And this was a long time ago. It's probably like five million dollars today. And so I asked myself that question. Can I say that? To be honest, I can't say it right now. I'd like a million bucks. But when we begin, and as we dig in, and as we understand, and as we seek the Lord, and understand how holy he is, and how good he is, we begin to develop like, you know what? I'm I'm past 100,000. Understand me, right, guys? We're all in process here. Maybe some of you are just like, yeah, man, I pass a million bucks up any day for five minutes in the God's presence. Man, God bless you. Talk to me afterwards. Honestly, but this is, this is a, a man of the Lord who understood God's, he didn't care about money. He didn't care about the luxuries of the world. He didn't care about cars or houses. He cared about none of that stuff. All he understood was that God, he is the most greatest, precious gift on this earth, and I want more of him. That's our response to his holiness. That's what our response needs to be, and I'm working on it. You're all probably working on it too. We're working on it. The second thing we do to, to love him with our, all of our heart, our mind, and, our, and, our, and our, our minds is to trust him more than ourselves. <laughs> Come on, guys. Trust God more than we trust ourselves. That is hard to do. We have to delight ourselves in the Lord. Trust in him to use all things, to turn all things together for good. We have to trust in his ways more than our own ways more than our own thoughts. And when he tells us to do something that's a little bit different than what we thought or how we always did it, it's because he's calling us to something greater. 
We have to desire him, to know him. In prayer, I would encourage you to ask him, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of your presence. I want to understand your holiness even more. We have to honor him in word and deed. Church, this is hard to do. This is, all these things are talking about, we've got to put the flesh aside. We have to honor him in word and deed. What we watch, what we read, what we listen to. Is it holy? Is it edifying? Is it pleasing to the Lord? For he is holy. He is holy. He is set apart. He has called us to be part of his family. Are we living a life set apart for him? The next one, do we seek him and his approval alone? Not the approval of people or the world. This one was written for me. Anybody else get an amen for that? Yeah? Come on. Seek him and his approval alone. What? You mean what about my spouse? Well, when you are seeking him and his approval alone, he will show you how to better love your spouse. What about being a parent? When you seek him and him alone and you want to please him, he will show you, he will lead you, he will guide you to be a better parent and be the parent that you want to, do, want to be. Seek him and his approval, not the approval of people or the world. He will tell you to do things that are counter to what other people are doing and then they will say something to you and you're going to have to understand that, hey, the Lord told me to do that. And I have to be okay with it because I want his approval and his approval alone. He's the holy one. Yes, we need to listen to our bosses at work, but your boss isn't the holy one. I'm not the holy one. God is the holy one. And we seek his approval before the approval of all others. And the last one here is we ask him to show us, uh, worship team, you want to come back up, Ask him to show you any sin in your heart so he can empower you to turn from it. Because he is holy. Just like Isaiah was, woe is me. Yeah? I am unclean. Every one of us struggles in some way or another with a sin of some kind or another. And we have to ask the Lord, Lord, because you are holy, because you are good, show me sin in my heart and that he will empower you to turn from it. When you shed the light on something, when you expose, say, Lord, here is my heart. I'm opening it up to you. Show me, reveal to me. He will make a way and he will make a path. This desire to live a holy life set apart for him in obedience to him. Why? Because he is holy. Because he is holy. Spow your heads with me this morning. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for all of your attributes, your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy. But this morning, Lord, we just worship you and thank you that you are holy. And Lord, that when we say those words and we call you set apart, 
greater than any other God that you begin to move the mountains. You begin to shake the foundation of who we are as we worship you, as we revere you. For you are holy, holy, holy. So Lord, this morning we come before you and we worship you one more time as we don't want to leave here this morning without glorifying your name, without praising you for who you are, for your holiness. We thank you, Lord. Stand with me, church. We're going to sing this one song together. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Slip your hands to him this morning. Praise you. Said if we could just sing that chorus one more time. We sang that song at our wedding. It was the only song that was so important to me. In church, I'm going to pray as we close. I struggle to even sing the words because it creates in me a shaking. It's weird. It's a shaking and a stillness at the crushing weight of who he is. So, Father, today we come before you and we pray that your holiness would burn in us, would shake us to our core, that we might receive you in the fullness of who you are. Father, and our response is have your way. Have your way in us. 
that we might be set apart for you, that we might be set apart for your service, that we might be set apart to expand your kingdom, to bring the lost into the kingdom, God, to save them, that they would know you, that they would see you for who you are, that they would live, God, and not die. Father, set us apart. Set us apart, we pray, in the name of Jesus. We cry out, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. We worship you, we honor you, and we exalt you this morning, Father. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Guys, as we close this morning, we have uh, some group leaders and uh, some pastors up here. Uh, They're actually coming up now. They can pray with you. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. Come up here. They will pray with you. If you have a need in your life or you just need someone to agree with you or lay hands on you for healing, they're up here this morning. They can pray with you. I just want to encourage you with this benediction this morning out of 1 Thessalonians 3. Now may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Come up for prayer if you need it today.